thanks for coming out in the snow um yeah snowmageddon whatever <laughs> but um i thought i'd try something a little different with the music wasn't trying to make myself out to be a valkyrie or anything um but uh just thought i'd try something different there that is kind of how i felt preparing this message because I'd go from one thing to another. Oh, I want to say this. I want to say that. I want to do this. Oh, it'd be really cool if I did that. And it just finally God like said, stop, bring yourself in. So that was good. But anyway, um, let's pray and then we'll get this started. So if you guys will pray for me and then I'll pray and then we'll do this. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for the opportunity to gather tonight. We just ask that uh, your spirit be in this place, that our ears and hearts be open unto what it is that you would have us learn and what you would reveal to us, Lord. Um, please use me and not uh, use. let your words come through me and let it, let it not be me, but let it be you that speaks this message. In Christ's name, amen. All right, we're going to do something a little different. Will is going to come up and read the text for tonight. He's got his big Bible. But I need three people that can count to three at least. Probably the youngsters. Um, your name is escaping me, but I, Bella... Bella, I want you to listen and count how many times the words good pleasure are in this passage. Okay? Um, I don't know your names either. Kirsten, I want you to count how many times purposed is in this text. And Kelsey... I want you to count how many times his will is in this text. And then I need a big counter, one that can count high. Okay, Brenda, I need you to count how many times the word glory appears in this text. Okay, go ahead, Will. All right. Uh, Mike, I think. There we go. This is Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us, in all wisdom and prudence, 
having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have also obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after, ye believe, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of, our purchased, of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. That's Ephesians 1, 1 to 14. Thank you, Will. I didn't know that light lit up. That's really cool. I thought maybe it didn't work, like it had to be plugged in or something. Anyway, um, thank you, Will, for doing that. Those of you that were counting, keep that in your head because we're going to come back to that. Okay? Um, we're going to pick up in the latter half of five where Randy left off. So if you can bring up wherever five is on your slides. It says, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So the second half is what I want to focus on because I think Randy covered the first half pretty well but according to the good pleasure of his will. Not just the pleasure of his will, or not just his will, but the good pleasure of his will. There's something there. We go on to verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us acceptable in the beloved. The beloved is Jesus, in case you don't use the old version of the Bible that I use. Beloved is Jesus. And uh, Paul's saying to the praise of the glory of his grace. He's praising God for the glory of his grace. And that we have been made acceptable to the beloved. So there's a lot there too. But then he goes on to say, in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So now, Paul is saying, like those, that old hymn that we, we sang, we have redemption, full redemption from every bad thing that we've ever done through Christ's blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So Paul praised his grace, and now he's saying with the riches of his grace, we have obtained redemption through Christ's blood. That's pretty awesome. So we'll go on to 8 here. Wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Okay, prudence. 
wisdom and prudence. He abounded us wisdom and prudence. That didn't mean that he made me smart like Steve Jobs or one of the, those of you that know me know I'm not that smart. Or <laughs> I didn't know that was a light. So, yeah. And uh, so he didn't give me that kind of wisdom, but he did give me wisdom to understand this and to understand what Christ did. And he also gave me prudence. So what is prudence? That was, uh, if you pull up my title page. Why me, God? And by the way, what's prudence? I have kind of a story about prudence. Uh, this is a speed limit sign from Montana. And uh, I was driving in Montana, and I saw that sign. And I'm like, cool, because you see where it says day? It says reasonable and prudent well what's that mean that's open to a lot of interpretation and uh, what's reasonable and prudent to me might not be reasonable and prudent to you so anyway um, the oil change light came on on the car there so I pulled off at the next town and uh, was getting the oil changed and there's a Montana Highway Patrolman in there so I asked him I'm like What's reasonable and prudent mean? And he goes, I can't tell you that. I go, what do you mean you can't tell me that? Your speed limit sign says reasonable and prudent. What is it? What does it mean? He told me that, let's see if I, I didn't remember to write this down. But he told me that being prudent is not doing what you can or what you're capable of but doing what you should. So, that being me, uh, that equated to about 110 for me. And, but then, I realized I have to really, really pay attention at 110 miles an hour because I was driving a Buick Roadmaster, big old giant car, not known for their handling capabilities, but had a huge engine in it. And I'm driving that, and you can't even light a cigarette while you're driving at 110 because by the time you put your eyes back on the road after you light it, you're going to be off in the mountains somewhere. So 110, while great for a few minutes, over a long period of time did not work out to be a good idea. So I backed it on down to about 85, 90 which was a lot more doable. And just so you all know, I was driving my father's car at the time because my truck was wrecked. And uh, so that kind of plays into this. The life that we live and the things that we do are given to us by our Father in heaven. So we need to be prudent about what we do with them. And he's given us that prudence. It says so right here in his word so that's what's up with prudence the why God part we'll get to but moving on to verse 9 having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself the mystery of his will when I see the word will 
in Scripture, not Will Manchester, W-I-L-L. When I see the word will, it makes me think of last will and testament. It's what a person that dies wants done with their things. In this case, it's what God wants done by us. Now, that's not proper English, but that's what he means. So he's made known the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself. So according to his good pleasure, he wanted to make known his will to us, and he purposed it in himself, which means he really wanted us to know it, and he really was happy about us knowing it. So we're kind of skimming over this, but we're going to get more in depth here in a minute. Verse 10, which uh, this verse I struggle with quite a bit, but I think I might have a little bit of a handle on it, so give me some leeway if I'm totally wrong. But um, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things which are in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So what... I think Paul is being inspired by God to say here is that Christ came at the perfect right time. That he came when the times were exactly right for him to come. If we think of it, if Christ came now, it wouldn't work out as good as it did because they'd probably just make fun of him and there'd be a giant social media attack on him or something like that and it wouldn't work out but he came at a time when the Roman Empire was all the way throughout the civilized world okay he came at a time when the Jews were being oppressed it matched up with all the prophecies that are in Isaiah and all the prophets and if he had not come at that exact time just the fact that the Roman Empire was there that allowed the gospel to spread at the rate that it spread. If, and the Romans were the ones oppressing the Jews. Okay? But if they hadn't been there at that exact time, the gospel couldn't have spread the way that it spread. Now, God can make anything happen, but that was the exact right time for Christ to come. So that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things that are in Christ. All things that are in Christ. That means that he's not only gathering the Jews, he's gathering the Gentiles as well. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth and even in him. Now we're going to go to... Galatians 4 four and five and Colossians one nineteen through twenty But when the fullness of time of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So 
when Paul was writing to the Galatians under the inspiration of God, of course, he tells them that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to redeem them that were under the law. Okay, that's the Jews, obviously. And he was under the law as well, and but died to fulfill the law, if that makes any sense. So if we go to Colossians 1, 19 through 21. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether whether they be things in whether they be things in heaven, things on earth, or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by your wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. I struggled a little bit with that because I think I might have wrote it down wrong a little bit. But What he's saying is... Uh, It pleased the Father that all fullness dwelled in him and that he sent him to make peace through his blood, the blood that was shed on the cross, to reconcile all things to himself, whether they be things in earth or things on heaven, and that you who were alienated, you weren't a friend of God because of your wicked works, hath now been reconciled. So, both in Galatians and Colossians, it backs up what Paul's saying here, that God has put all things under Christ and made us able to be to be not enemies of his, but in Christ. And all things are under Christ. That means there's another verse somewhere that I'm thinking of now where it says, and all things are subject to Christ. Everything has been placed under his authority by God. And uh, I think that's what's going on in this verse because it said things in heaven, things on earth, and things which are under the earth are things that, things that are on the earth even in him so you can see why I struggled a little bit with this verse but Christ is put over everything whether it's Jew Gentile the earth heaven even the angels will all answer to him and then Christ will answer to God to the father in the end so sorry I struggle with that so much but Anyway, (laughs) so verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. In whom we have obtained an inheritance, we're sons, we're his, we're his children, which is just totally awesome and 
this is also according to the purpose of him. He did it on purpose. And he did it for his own will. That means he wants it done that way. So we move on to verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. That's awesome when you first trust in Christ. That's to God's glory, right? On to verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now that is an important verse there. So you trusted, you believed, and you got sealed. And to be sealed means you're set. You're, you're sealed. You're already, when I seal something, it's fixed and nobody can mess with it. When you seal an envelope, like they used to do back then, they poured a wax on it and stamp it with a seal. When it's sealed, nobody can mess with it except for the person that it's meant to be messed with. So if you're sealed with the promise of the Spirit, that's a pretty cool deal there. And that's the proof that you're his, is the Spirit. On to verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Earnest, that's a word we don't use very much, but it means strong intention. Um, it means you're placing your faith in somebody or something. If I was to get earnest money from Will, Will would be paying me for either a service or a product that he doesn't have yet. And uh, so I think that's kind of really cool. It's the earnest of the inheritance because we're sons of God until the redemption of the purchased possession. What is the purchased possession? That is us. We are his purchased possession. Uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, so we are a purchased possession and what purchased that was Christ's blood which was God's will according to what we've read here so coming back to the part the in-depth part that's just my interpretation of the verses how many times did we have good pleasure who had good pleasure two times Verse 5 and verse 9, right? We can look at that. 
having been predestined unto us the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. That's verse 5 and verse 9 is the other one. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. So twice we've been explained it's been explained to us that it's God's good pleasure that we have his grace his redemption the forgiveness of his sins God wanted to do this who had purposed two times unless I counted wrong verse 9 and verse 11 having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure he hath purposed in himself he purposed in himself to send Jesus to save us to forgive our sins God wanted to do it who had uh, his will twice that's right verse 5 and verse 9 again having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will now I said earlier that will means that's what God wants done so by his will he wants us to be his sons and then in verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. He made known the mystery of his will. His will was for us to be reconciled through Christ, for us to be forgiven of our sins through Christ, for us to walk through life with Christ and with God. That was his will, and it was revealed to us by Christ. That that because before that time, there were sacrifices and and all of this other stuff. There was still the forgiveness of sins. There was still God's grace and still God's mercy. But when Jesus came, it was revealed so that all might believe and all might know. So who had glory? How many times? three times okay so we have verse 6 to the praise of his glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved so Paul is praising the glory of his grace his glory is what Paul's talking about and then verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ that we who believe should be to God's glory, right? Everybody listening? Nobody's asleep? And then verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. All the inheritance we have the purchased possession, which is us, are to God's glory. 
So if we go to the title page right now. So the first part of that is why me, God? Okay, that's the important part. The prudence just lightened the mood a little bit and helped understand that we walk with God. But what struck me when I was studying this, and it took a while for it to get through to me, why does God want to save somebody as wretched as me, somebody who does not follow him, somebody that practices wicked ways and is an enemy to God, but he goes out of his way to save us. And not only goes out of his way, but for his good pleasure goes out of his way. He purposed to save me. He wanted to save me. It was his will to save me. And that blows me away because I don't deserve it. And no matter how wretched, how terrible I am, he, he has good pleasure to save me. He loves me. He wants to save me. He wants me to come to him. He wants me to be covered in the blood of Christ. And he wants me to walk a life with him in prudence, which is not sinning. He wants that. It's his pleasure for that. But why? Why does God do that? And the answer is his glory. I was hoping that Earl would be here tonight, but he's not. But God does this for his glory. And the only way that I can try to describe it is when we see little Mitzi running around. We love Mitzi, right? We care for her. We want the best for her. And that little dog represents us while well, all of us represent God and we, we want the best and we love him and we run around and we try to protect her and we try to we feed her and we give her everything that she needs to be a good dog and she is she's a good obedient dog she wanders off and comes up on the stage every once in a while just like we wander off and go where we shouldn't go and do what we shouldn't do but it's, we glory in that dog. We love that dog. We think that, look at that dog. Look at how great that dog is. How wonderful that dog is. Well, that's what God says about us. He doesn't call us dogs. But he says, look at Tim. Look at what he's doing. I purposed in his life for him to stop doing all the stupid stuff he was doing. And look at what he's doing now. And that is to that is to my glory if I was if I was God. That is to his glory. He saves us. Why me is because of his glory. Him sending Christ was to his glory. Even though they're the same thing. I'm not getting into the Trinity tonight. But him sending Christ was his will and his purpose. For us to be saved, for us to be children of Christ.
And that is what totally blows me away about this portion of Ephesians. That God wanted to save us. God had pleasure in saving us. It was his will to save us. And Paul says it over and over and over again in like nine verses. And that is just unbelievable to me. And that's what struck me. And that's the important part. Even though I messed up on verse 10, just kind of file that away in the trash file. But (laughs) take this with you, that God wants you. He loves you. And he has a plan for you. And it is his will that you come to him. It is his will that you be covered in Christ's blood. And if you don't know that, and if you haven't done like it said here, trusted and believed and sealed with the Spirit, if you haven't done that, you do it tonight. If it's coming upon you, you tap one of us on the shoulder, whether it be me, Randy, Lynn, if you're of the female persuasion, uh, Cecil, Will, anybody. Get a hold of one of us and be part of this because God wants you. He wants you. And I just, like I said, I am a terrible wreck of a sinner. But God wants me and he purposed in me and he loves me. And that's the important part. I can pick apart verses all night and deconstruct them and reconstruct them and mess them all up. But he loves us. I'm going to close with a few scriptures. Romans 8:35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are, account- we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And with that, I'll close tonight. I don't know how we're doing on time, but that's what I had, so that's what you're getting. (laughs) Dear Lord, we thank you that you chose us. And uh, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that your grace abounds towards us and that uh, you have purposed for us to be your children how great a gift it is Lord and uh, just help us to live that life of prudence Lord we don't need to do what we can we need to do what we should which is your will and uh, just lead us in that and help us Lord we praise you and to the glory the glory be to you Lord not unto any of us for it's not by works It's by grace. And we thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen.